How are we doing? Now, last week I was in Naperville. Next week we're going to be doing this live from the Wyndham Hotel in Hurricane, West Virginia. We'll yep. be having our uh, reception in preparation for our event next weekend. Gosh, I can't um, believe it. I can't believe it's all, it's August. I mean, I, it's just it's just insane. I mean, where's this yeah, this well, year? Where is it gone? You know, I know it's, it is. It is crazy. I can't, I can't believe it is. I can't believe that I'm only got another week to prepare. I, I feel, I'm feel, un, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm ready yet, but I always feel that way. So, but I listen, I'm going to be hard to get this week because I got to wrap, I got to wrap up some stuff here, get ready to go. But I'm leaving Thursday to come up there. We got training all day Thursday. So I really got to be done by Wednesday. So I've got literally five days to wrap things up. So, um, you guys that, um, are on the fence, it's your last chance. We, we can fit, we can fit a few more in. If you, if you jump in hotels, getting tight, I talked to Christy today, uh, getting really tight there, but, um, um, if you don't know what we're talking about, we do our live seminar uh, every year. It's coming up next weekend in hurricane West Virginia. And it's two whole days of learning how to become a lunatic. Among other things, we've got lots of things we talk about, but we go do everything from, you know, from maintenance items, uh, you know, modifications, accounting, uh, trip planning. I mean, we, we, we cover the entire gambit in two full days of intense, you know, working and workshop. Um, if you need your truck looked at, Rocky from MD Alignment will be there doing suspension and alignments and sort of thing. Our good friend, Chris Dolan from, uh, cams truck and trailer will be there for minor little mechanical issues. If you want to do that with well, the TA five miles away, if you want to get your truck checked into a TA and have them do something to it, it's all there on the website, uh, blue river logistics.com slash events slash reset 2023. And you can sign up right there and, um, we, I do have to give the caterer a head count on Monday. So if you want to eat while you're there, you probably ought to get signed up this weekend. Okay. So, yep. All right. Probably ought to talk about our sponsor. Why don't you take over and do that for a second? Let's talk about our sponsor, Pittsburgh Power. Uh, well, they've been with us over a year now. We've been with them since, well, long before I came along. You've been with them since 2009 is when I started with them. Yep. Um, we are stocking distributors of the Pittsburgh Power Fuelborne Catalyst, OPS products, filters, sample kits. Um, you can buy them right on our website, and we'll ship it to you. Um, you know, you cannot uh, you cannot replace the value that you get from that oil sample, knowing what's going on inside your engine uh, every twenty five thousand miles. And being able to say, like we just did, hey, we got to get this oil out of here because um, it's time for it to go. But we don't just make a decision to throw away perfectly good oil just because some knucklehead at a, a truck stop or a shop said, we got to change it every 15000 No, we'll change it when the oil sample says to change it. And the oil sample just said change it, so we changed it. Um, yeah. Really well, we think we figured simple. out what's going on there. We, 
we had a couple of trucks that have been worked on it in a place where it's very, very dusty. And uh, we're changing the way we're going to do that now. Rather than put oil in that we're going to use and, and, and sample, we're going to put some throwaway oil in it for a few thousand miles and just dump it. And then go back with our normal oil, which is T6 Rotella, and then start um, sampling that. So we're just going to throw away 10,000 miles of oil just to get it clean and then start over again. We can't, some of our shops are outside. Our engine guy is outside. And so um, we just can't help getting dirt in there evidently. So, but anyway, we figured it out. We're, listen, problem solving is what business is all about. And if you do it good enough and you charge enough for it, you get really wealthy doing it. So the more you, you can solve other people's problems, the more they'll pay you to do it. If truck drivers only understood that, if they only understood that servicing the customer with a premium level of service will pay you in dividends, but it's all about them and we can't figure out how to change that. Um, do we want to discuss anything before we start taking questions or anything? That I, we need I do to... want to ask TikTok is because it's it's fuzzy sounding. <laughs> um, is it just Larry that sounds that way, or is it me too? Do we both sound fuzzy? Uh, he says fussy. I don't know about fuzzy. Well, you know, I always sound fussy because I'm a, listen. I'm a ranting son of a bitch. Okay, <laughs> I've been told that. <clears throat> so. Both. Um, well, guys, I'm, I'm unfortunately <laughs> until I get a cable to hook this new board straight up to the computer, we're just going to have to kind of bear with it, um, and I'm, I'm going to do do the best I can. Um. Uh. So let's see. What if? Uh, what were you going? What were you going to ask me? What were you going to? I turned that up a little bit. Um. I got, I got a runny nose tonight for some reason. I don't know why. Y'all have to forgive me. My see how red my nose is. I don't know what the hell's going on. Probably all this dust that I'm living in in this freaking house. Yeah. You know, Jesus, I'll be glad when this is so done. You know, I was so excited when this first started to see walls going up mm-hmm. and all this stuff and everything. That was started on April 1st. Okay. Here it is now, August the 10th. Yeah. And I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> I am way the hell over it. Uh, finish me up. Let me get back to my life. I can't even, I don't even live. And sleep on the same level of the house anymore. Okay. So I know I'm, I know, I know, I know. I'm just bitching, ranting, but, uh, Jesus, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, 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 well, I, I look like I, I, I feel like I'm in a dorm room. I'm, you know, <laughs> last time I cooked and slept in the same room, I was in college. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, now, um, here I am. Okay. So, y- you know, you, you were on Kevin's show. Well, kind of, sort of, last week. I and tried to be. You tried. Horizon to be. You, you didn't did, want me. You to did be. try valiantly, um, and I and I and I, I did make sure. You know, hey, y'all, welcome to my life. Uh, wondering where Larry's Larry's at. Is he connected? Can he hear me? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the topic of that was these new trucks, these new new trucks, these downsped engines, um, getting incredible fuel mileage numbers, you know, 10, 11, 12 miles per gallon. And uh, we had talked about it. And the reason that we talked about it was to bring out our friend, the calculator, the BSE 9000, and point out that uh, 
you know, you could make that you could try to justify a bad decision. So, oh, well, look at if I got this new truck, look at all this fuel mileage I could get. Look how much fuel I could save. And it would just be a, a justification uh, for going into debt to buy something that you can't afford versus getting a truck that you can't afford. Um, and what the truck today, I saw a clip from their podcast where they had interviewed some guy. Um, and now I can't think of his name, but anyway, he's, he's a fuel mileage guy and he's got a newer truck. And I don't, I don't know what, what it was, but you know, he was talking about getting 10 miles to the gallon. And what, I guess what fascinates me about people in this industry is if they hear something they've never heard before, especially if it's someone saying, well, Hey, here's what I do. Their automatic response is, well, that's bullshit. Uh, and it, And, and, and with that attitude is the attitude with which people will get into business that for some reason you're, you're unable to accept that maybe you don't know everything. Maybe there's somebody that has experience that you don't have that could teach you something that could help you be successful, but the automatic response is to just completely disregard uh, and, and and forsake someone else's uh, proven experience. Oh, we wouldn't have even, we would have never experienced that, did we? No, <clears throat> no. I I, I listen. I, I stuck my toe in the Facebook waters late last night. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, these guys were all bragging about their cost per mile. Every friggin' one of them. Did not include their their, their pay, <clears throat> and I had, of course, I had to straighten them out about mm-hmm. that a little bit. And um, anyway, um, I'm scrolling. Well, you know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's human nature to, um, you know, to to uh, question things that you don't understand. Uh, I mean. I mean, look at look at on a big picture right now. You know, nobody believes that there's aliens. Um, <laughs> that that's pretty that's pretty um, big of us to think that we're the only people that occupy this massive, you know, area that we call the we call the solar system. It's probably a, a ant hill compared to what really is yeah. out there. But we're the only ones here, you know. <laughs> I saw some guy that was on one of these like conspiracy theory kind of podcast deals. And he said he was all in on aliens until the government admitted there was some, and now he don't believe it. Like the very minute the government says, "Hey, they're real," he's like, "Okay, well, well they- listen, we've been we've been dealing this since since the fifties, okay." And listen, there's one thing you have you have taught me or convinced me, and that is that what's what are the, what what's in the other hand that they don't want you to see. So now, why is all of a sudden mm-hmm. aliens the topic? You know. What, would would it be to get our mind off of Hunter? You know, <laughs> yeah. Would it be what, what? I mean, what is it that we really want to distract people from? You know, yeah. So I don't know. It's you know, well, it, it, we've Area Fifty One has been around for a long time, and uh, you know, you you got to be kidding yourself if you don't think that there's things out there that that um, you know that that they don't want us to know about. I mean, I, I, I can't go into details, but I mean, I know that there's things out there they don't want us to know about because I have a few connections there. But 
Well, uh, anyway, I, uh, I got <laughs> I, I I finally got to listen to some podcasts today because we got our mower back, and so I got to spend about three hours on the mower today. And I turned on the No Agenda show that I hadn't listened to for a while. And here we are in August of 2023, and they're playing all these news clips from uh, P, uh, I almost said PBR, uh, PBS, and CBS, and all these news shows. And and I have completely forgotten about COVID. Like it is so far back to me. Of course, I never participated in any of it to begin with. But they've got right. these news clips from like last week. And they're going, well, oh, it's real. Boy, you better, you know, you, you better, you better hide in your house and get your shot. And and I'm thinking, guys, it's it's been three and a half years. Get, yeah, move on to something else. I mean, it's just we we have flattened the curve, haven't we? Well, we <laughs> flat we flattened a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> a lot of things and people have been flattened in the last three and a half you, years. I saw that there's a new <clears throat> vaccine out for the yeah. new variant that yeah. just came out. Yeah. You should, everybody should go get this latest vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one and they were like, Oh, this one has a nickname of some, of some kind. And they're like, well, where'd the name come from? I don't know. We just, we just discovered it on July 23rd or something. Right, I'm like, right. guys, just stop. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me stroll through the comments here. I love KG on YouTube. Hello from Texas. I started been watching all your videos. I love them. Can you elaborate on what you do to save on fuel economy. I know about the OPS fast and super singles, but what else? That big right thing on your yeah. appendage yeah. on the end of your ankle, um, yeah. don't use cruise control. Get you a scan gauge um, and just give it as little throttle as you need to give it. I mean, that that was the guy, the guy on the... Uh, uh, I want the truck today. Dooner was like, like, well, what do you do? And the guy's like, well, you know, I just kind of press lightly on the gas pedal and I, I let off early and, you know, um, it, it, it's just the smoother you are on that throttle, the less fuel you're going to consume because gravity is not going, you're never going to beat gravity. It's not going to happen. Right. And so th- some of the things that I did back in the day, um, I never had a scan gauge in my truck, but I had a century class and it had a little thing on the dash that would go back and forth. And at, at one point, my engine fan was stuck on and it was electronic. I figured out at least that it wasn't mechanical. There was some sort of electronic issue that was making my fan run all the time. And of course, I tried going to a dealership to fix it and they just made it worse. And I thought, okay, well, I obviously can't find anybody to fix it. So what am I going to do? So that was the first thing I tried. I just turned off the cruise control and I did everything that I could to keep that little thing from moving back and forth. And I increased my fuel mileage one mile per gallon with an engine fan stuck on. Speaking of engine well, that, fans, that's, that's literally a scan gauge. I mean, all that is right. is you know, just the same thing. Just now, speaking of, yeah, of, of fan clutches, uh, we were, we were told <laughs> this week that we had one that was stuck on and I got the truck back and I thought, well, man, I better figure out what's going because the fuel mileage on that truck was atrocious. Um, and the driver attributed it to the uh, engine fan being stuck on. And would you believe that when I got into that truck, the very first thing I laid my eyes on was the fan switch that was turned on. After you'd already asked him, point blank, was it on? <clears throat> Is the fan switch on? No, no, it ain't on. The literal first thing I saw when I stuck my head in that truck was the fan switch. On. I turned the fan switch on, and would y'all believe the fan turned off? Well, after I turned on. that switch off, son of a bitch, you know, unbelievable. It's a miracle. 
Um, <clears throat> you know, d- doing your best John Force impression between stoplights is not going to help your fuel mileage. Um, but if you will, and I saw, what was it? It was some Facebook page, you know, asking this question, how do drivers balance between the need to get good or the, the need to uh, be safe and also deliver on time. Or what I finally figured out is if I will just do my own deal. And especially if I'm in a place where I'm going from like stoplight to stoplight, if I'll just take my time, number one, you end up, you end up getting on a deal where you'll just roll through the green lights. But if you're banging 10 gears between stoplights, I mean, it's just wasted fuel going out to tailpipe. Um, oh, and it was funny in that what the truck, the comment section on that what the truck video, my God, was atrocious. Um, well, at, uh, on a, a 10 hour day, you'll lose an hour doing that. And I'm going, no, you won't. You literally won't because the things that I see people in the trucking industry whining about, well, oh, I can't find a place to park. Congress has got to fix it. And why do I never have those problems? Cause I trip plan. I have a plan before I ever go anywhere. And I never in 25 years of driving, never had a parking problem. And after I came to Landstar, I stopped parking on, get on ramps and get off ramps and on the shoulder and stuff. Cause we're not allowed to do it. And I, and I just, I just like a responsible adult human being instead of some child that throws temper tantrums all the time. I just made a plan and, and hmm. it, it was amazing. When you make a plan, things seem to work out for you. Yeah, yeah. I made a plan too. I decided I was going to drive at night. I never had a parking problem ever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, uh, I get there in the morning. I've got the entire parking lot to choose from, and at night I don't have. The, I got a few drunks to deal with, but I don't have the majority of dickheads that you had during the day. Right. A uh, lot less. A lot less scrutiny from the law enforcement community. Um, and you can. You can choose to do what you want to do. <clears throat> that was my choice. Now, it didn't start out my choice. When I took that FedEx gig, it had to be at night. But it taught me, mm-hmm. for me, that so when I came to Landstar, I continued to run at night on my choice because I like doing it. I, did, I don't like me messing with all you guys. So I can watch a couple of drunks, make sure I stay away from them. That was pretty easy compared to dealing with what you guys deal with during the daytime. So. That was how I, that was my plan, but that's just me. So, uh, so yeah, to go back to your question, you, <clears throat> all the things that we talk about, they all help. Not apologize. I'm, <clears throat> I've got to clear my throat, but the driver is 30 or 40% of your fuel savings or, or, or not. And so teaching yourself how to drive for fuel mileage is what Chris is talking about. We use something called a scan gauge. You can get it from truck stops or trucks. I mean, um, uh, let's truck trucking let's truck well yeah but i was gonna say like our 80s got it and, and truck supply places but but let's truck has it and uh it, it's just simply uh a, a way for you to, to to scroll up three or four different uh numbers to watch you know and those numbers that you want to watch are things that are causing you to lose um fuel mileage you know we we like to watch you know horsepower or, or load or Chris likes to watch um, throttle position. Uh, all those, it doesn't matter, boost, boost and horsepower. Uh, all those things, if you control those, you'll, you'll improve the fuel mileage. It's just, it's just the laws of physics um, 
still work. And, um, and you know, trying to make the truck stay at the same speed all the time, that works against gravity, and that's gonna, you're going to lose that battle every time. So uh, the things you're talking about, they're, they're things that help a little bit. But except for tires, those things are going to matter amount to a tenth or two. You know, tires could be a big deal, okay? And I don't think you mentioned tires on there, but yeah, you did. Singles, okay. Um, but uh, you're, the, you're the biggest one. You're, you'll make more difference than any of all the other things put together. So um, anyway, I hope that, hope that helps you. If you, don't, if you don't understand that, being a, being a hurricane this weekend, you're going to have a lot of shameless plugs this week because <laughs> next week we're there. This is the last chance we have to convince some of you guys that are sitting on the fence to come out and spend the weekend with us. And we talk, that's all we do all weekend is talk about this stuff. Okay. So, and you can talk with us. You can talk with, you know, you know, lots of other people are going to be there. So anyway, Leonard, um, Leonard Burnett on YouTube says, I stumbled across, I stumbled upon your podcast a couple months ago and y'all saved me from making a big mistake by leasing a truck. Thanks again. Well, brother, you're welcome. Anybody we can save from the, uh, absolute slavery of uh <clears throat> leasing trucks uh we're glad to do it <clears throat> spilly built says i watched that mother trucker episode y'all mentioned about the fleet with five paid for peats that had to close his business it was definitely his own fault made his bed from day one yeah pretty much um yep. but he'll blame everybody um he'll blame everybody but himself um <clears throat> let me see look at tiktok here um I think they're talking about the sound. Larry muted himself so he could cough, and it made a difference. Um, yeah, yeah, I feel better. Matt Allman, where to watch Kevin these days, and is it free? I think it's yeah. is it, <clears throat> the Let's Truck app uh, is his daily show, um, and then he has a free for all on Friday. I've still got a hang on. So let me get this fixed. All right, um, he. Uh, I think you can listen on the TuneIn app. Um, you can listen to it that way. How much your average drivers are making a year? 75 to 100, depending on in our program. Uh, just remember, we don't hire truck drivers. We're not in this to haul freight. We're in this to teach people how to be owner operators. Yeah, our guys don't come here to get paid. Our, we, we, we pay our guys a stipend and apprentice pay to, to come get the education. Um, so, and it, and like he says, it averages somewhere between 80 and 100, depending on where the person lives and how, you know, how good they are. Um, but that's not what they come here for. They come here for the education so that when they leave here, they can go through regular general van freight at Landstar or anywhere else for that matter and do 150, 200,000 using the techniques and the skills that we teach them here. That's why they come here. So pay is secondary here. It's, it's, I mean, everybody has to get paid cause they got, they got to pay the bills. Plus, they're here to save up cash to buy a truck with. So, you know, they got to be, they got to come here and be Dave Ramsey. They got to live on half what they make and mm -hmm. save the other half. And that way they can afford to buy a truck when they leave here and not be in debt uh, when they leave. That's how this thing works. So, uh, they're, they're asking mm -hmm. in the YouTube about powering uh, OPS gets its power from the alternator. It's the, if, yep. well, just a 12 volt. Depending on your truck. I mean, we we generally on the Freightliners, we put it on the on the passenger side, and that's where the alternator is. Um, right. You know, you, you can power it from any 12-volt source, uh, probably best from an ignition source. Exactly. Um, it, needs to be, it needs to be on when the ignition's on, off when the ignition's off. Yeah. 
um, run. It needs. It does not have to run off of a fuse relay, Matthew. It just. It, it has. There actually a fusible link in it. It has a fuse in the in the 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 harness that the comes with harness. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lamar, do you guys believe in the APU? Not really. Um, it's a loaded question because if you're running a newer truck with uh, all the emissions, it's idling is really really hard on those engines, and so. If you're not going to idle, you better have something else. Now, I think as battery technology gets better, the electric APUs will probably pro- probably win that market. We looked at what was that one called? We looked at at the truck show. Was it green APU? Green something? The the one thing that I liked about it, other than the price tag, which was ridiculous, twelve thousand dollars, but. I like that it had a lot of parts on it, fuel filters and belts and stuff that you could get in an auto parts store. It had a Kubota engine in it. Whereas the Thermo King, I mean, my God, them people see you coming a mile away and you will spend a fortune uh, trying to keep up um, a, a Thermo King. We, we, we have on the one Thermo King that we have that still don't work because now it's got a bad radiator. Uh, and I'm sure that'll cost $12,000 to fix. Um, we could have easily spent the money in fuel rather than spending it on that APU because the damn things just never worked. I mean, it's just it's just a constant pain in the ass. Now, Larry had a a battery powered one, and it, it which it was really old technology now, um, yeah. And it was it was okay, you know. Um, now, well, I, it, it was okay <clears throat> because I had the ability to plug up a shore power two or three times a week right. and keep it trickle charged up, you know. Um, if you didn't do that, if you had to go drive a week or two without plugging it up, it would not because those glass mount batteries develop a, a, a memory and they just keep losing reserve capacity uh, every day. And so you get to where it's uh, running for eight hours and it runs for six hours then it runs for five hours. Uh, and the alternator will not charge up a glass mount battery 100% because it only does this. It just gives it all it can. And it has to be on a trickle charger to get the rest of the 10 or 20% that you're not getting from the alternator. Mm-hmm. And so that's why those, they were, they're fine. If you're coming back and forth to a centralized terminal where you could plug up every couple of days. And I wasn't doing that, but because I ran FedEx, I had, a, I had, I had access to outlets and, uh, I could, I could plug up every couple of days. Plus I had my own private parking place at the flying J in Indianapolis. And at the very base of their big marquee was a one ten outlet. <laughs> and so I backed into that parking spot three days a week. Ran my extension cord out there, plugged up under that uh, marquee, and uh, I was good to go. But in a normal situation, that wouldn't that wouldn't work, obviously. And so, but it, it worked for me. It was okay. You know, my the, I had an APU because I had sleep during the day. You know, I mean, there's, I had I had no choice. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it, it it's they're expensive. They're expensive to install. They're more expensive to keep up. Yeah. And maybe the battery technology will change. I don't know. You know, I mean, did you, by the way, did you read that article about that guy from Canada that bought a, a electron or electric, um, tr- pickup truck and he, he wanted to bring his family to Chicago. Did he read that story yet? I saw one anyway, about a guy in Canada you that, that, well, I saw this, this a guy, guy that, that had bought a lightning, uh, a Ford lightning and $115,000 you know, truck. Yeah. Okay. 
he tries to he tries to come to Chicago and bring his family, and it is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. They can't get charged. They you know they end up having to they end up having to tow it to the dealership and 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 rent a gasoline powered <laughs> pickup truck to continue the trip and get back. And uh, I mean, you you need if you haven't read it, Google it and re- read it. It's 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 classic. Okay, classic where the uh, unintended consequences of all this bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, are, um, are just not realistic. But anyway, why digress? Uh, Dwayne Hillsman on <laughs> Facebook. Can you role play a few phrases you say to brokers negotiate for more rate? Are you giving reasons why you need more, your costs, et cetera? Well, we don't have really have to negotiate with brokers because we're leased to Landstar and, and the rate is the rate. But what you've got to understand is that your costs don't matter to the customer. They couldn't care right. less. They don't, they don't care if your cost is two fifty a mile or a dollar a mile. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is the market that you're in and the market you're in right now. Um, you better have a low cost of operation. Um, and, and every day is different. I mean, um, we had an example a couple of weeks ago where, um, a driver, well, a driver was behind because of his choices. And <clears throat> so we had booked just a $900, like 140-mile run, just to kind of fill in the gap, and then found a really nice, wasn't it a 4500 $4, weekend load to go behind it? Okay, well, the $900 load by itself wasn't a big deal because we had a $4,500 load to go with it, except the driver decided not to trip plan, and that $900 load, that decision, cost him the $4,500 load for the weekend, and we had to give it away. But, <clears throat> um, you know, what you're asking something that I, I, I it, it's very difficult to do what you're asking to do here. If you call up a broker that you've never worked with before, and you want us to give you magic phrases that'll get them to give you more money. That 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 type of negotiation is what you do when you buy a used car and you're never going to do business again. Mm-hmm. And one person wins and the other person loses. Um, that's not the kind of relationship building that 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 we would do or we would we would recommend that you do. And that's why it's you, you hear us talk about you know dealing with the same agents over and over again because we don't negotiate with them. We solve their problems. We do it in a way where we're not having to sell them on us because, Hey, we need more money for this, for this, or this. We want, we deserve more money because of the service level we give you, you know, you, you give the load to us, you know, it's going to be delivered. You know, it's going to be, the people are going to be treated right. Um, it, it, the, like Chris says, what, what our costs are, are, are insignificant to them or their customer. Mm-hmm. They could care less. Now, if you have things that you can, that you can sell them on a uh, premium service, that sort of thing, and, but you're not going to do that to someone you've never worked with before. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a constant, a relationship. And I hate the use because everybody uses these two terms together, build relationships. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like, have you ever watched any kind of home improvement show? You never paint a wall. You put a fresh coat of paint on the wall. They're always a fresh coat of paint. I've never seen a stale coat of paint, but I guess there must be one because you always have to get a fresh coat of paint. Well, it's the same thing here. This building relationship, that's just that's just horse crap. It's, it's, it's becoming friendly. It's, it's becoming 
you know, uh, having, having things in common and, and, and establishing these, these, these uh, friendships where you know each other and respect each other. Uh, then negotiation goes out the window. It, it's no longer there. So it's preference. You know, I want you to do it. I know, you know, I, uh, Chris is a great example because when he came here, I had a FedEx uh, route all lined up for him, which fell apart. And he said, hey, no problem. So what if I bring my own customer? And I said, well, it's fine. So we, we go back and he, he solicits his old customer again. Well, that, at that time, that customer was not paying tolls, was not paying round trip, all these things. And when Chris opened the door up and said, hey, I can, I can do this again for you, all of a sudden now, because it's Chris, mm-hmm. no other Landstar driver got this. But Chris got tolls, got paid round trip. The rate went up a couple, I mean, a quarter or two. I'm not remember exactly now, but because they knew that Chris would provide them the service and they, they voluntarily paid more. Yep. So that's what you try to do. This, you know, this, this, this trying to win a battle on the phone with somebody that you've never, ever met before by saying these key words. I mean, that's a formula. We, we, you know, I, we, we joke about this, but I see guys all the time. Hey, I went in there and I bought donuts, so that didn't get me anything. <laughs> I went over there and I did this, that didn't get me anything. Well, it's not a formula. It, it's a, it's a, it's, it's. Well, how did you convince your wife to marry you? It's no different. It's no different. You sold yourself to somebody, and that is how you have to sell yourself to customers. You know, and it, and believe me, you're doing it backwards. If you're trying to sell them to give you more money because of things that you need, you're doing it backwards. Okay, you got to sell them on things that you can provide for them. Totally, totally different than what you're doing. Dwayne. What I see, your, if that was your question, what I see a lot of drivers do wrong is <clears throat> they they don't really have a cost because they don't know their cost. They don't know the cost. They don't have a cost. They have it. They don't know what it is. And so they go with whatever sounds good. They heard somebody say, "Well, I'm I'm not going to start my truck for less than three dollars and fifty cents." Like three dollars and fifty cents is some magical number. Right. It meets meaningless. It it doesn't mean anything until it's related to what your actual cost is. And we have people that have no idea, no clue, even how to calculate their cost, which shouldn't be that hard. You take your cost and you divide it by the miles and there's your cost per mile. But you can't just say, well, here's this arbitrary number, and this arbitrary number is good. Um, or like the the guy on the mother trucker thing we we're talking about, he's like, "Well, I pride myself on paying my people well." Okay, well, y- your narcissistic tendencies aside, the market don't give a shit what your pride is. They don't care. They only care to the extent that you can provide them the service they desire. In, in, in a reasonable market. And the, the, his example, his own example, was that someone came to him, his customer, and said, look, we can do this for half. Well, he, it doesn't sound like he tried to renegotiate. He just said, well, that, that my rate's my rate. Well, now he's out of business. And his people that he prided on paying well, well, 25% of zero is still zero. So you shut the company down. And you put people out of work. You made the decision to, to to shut that company down and put those people out of work. How is that anybody else's fault but your own? Uh, yeah, somebody said something about uh, trucking and fixing with Ryan. I guess he's 
maybe developed a, a, an APU of some sort. Um, I'm reading. I'm reading that right now. <laughs> Matt so, Allman, I'm sorry, I just butt dialed you here on uh, on <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on TikTok. So what did he say? Ignore me, okay. Well, and he <laughs> had another question. I was interested. Well, wow, what's y'all's take on deleted trucks? Um, oh, that's easy. Well, I want to give I want to give a better answer, okay? Because obviously we talk about uh, we talk about managing risk, okay? And operating a deleted truck adds risk to your business. Um, number one, the truck was designed and developed to have those emissions on it, and when you start monkeying with that, you increase your risk of having other problems that are bigger and more expensive than just figuring out how to maintain the emission system, which we've figured out how to do now. All right. Yeah. So then you get a lot of people that are like, well, I've went ahead, I've decided I've deleted it. I, I saw a thing on Facebook today in one of these groups and the guy's like, well, I've got a, he had bought a 12 set, a reman 12 seven with a warranty. And he wanted to know, uh, cause the warranty stated that if you used it on highway, and what he was trying to get around, he was putting it like a 2013 Peterbilt that wasn't a glider, right? And he's like, well, but but will people still work on my truck? And there was a lot of people in the comments saying, no, they're, they're not going to take the risk. They're not going to take the risk of working on your truck and having, you know, the world's most well-funded terrorist organization come and kick their doors in and put shut their business down because you decided – to put an illegal engine in your truck. We bought a truck, uh, 2019, not realizing that it had the wrong motor in it. You know what we did? We yanked the motor out and put the right one in it. We've now put 500,000 miles on that truck and just sold it, you know, um, to a driver. Um, and, and every step along that way was a profit, but we came to the point at the time that we pulled the motor, I was driving and I was going to New York, Pennsylvania and New Jersey every week. And it did not make sense to take that kind of risk to have get pulled into some scale sometime. And they say, all right, well, that's it. You're done. You got the wrong motor in this truck and we're shutting you down. Well, you can stomp your feet and throw a fit and um, hold your breath, but it's not going to matter. When the guy with the gun says you're done, you're done. It's over. Um, but well, it, we found out since then that it it doesn't it doesn't solve anything. It it temporarily puts money in your pocket that you would have spent because you can't find a one box or whatever the reason is that you're doing the deletion. But that just causes more problems down the road. That you don't and, you know, and most of the time it's going to show up in a cracked head, bonehead gasket, drop liner, because you're you're dealing with all this increased compression that was designed into that system. And you don't have the the cool the, the the cooling now to to resolve it because when you delete it, you also delete the the, the EGR cooler, and so that's the problem with it. Is it doesn't really fix anything. It just it just kicks the can down the road to where it's a different problem when it does appear again. Um, and and there's really no there's no technical reason to delete it. You know, uh, all these things. now if you have an 08 to 13, I don't know. It's harder. Still don't think deleting is the way to go. And, and I hate to be the Pollyanna here, but the overriding reason for all this is it's illegal. I mean, that's, that, that's the right. number one reason. Okay. Uh, if you wouldn't go steal, you know, uh, money from a bank, why would you delete your end? I mean, they're both against the law, you know, 
do you choose how what 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 morality you want to you know subscribe to? Um, but besides all that, um, it there's no reason to do it. I mean, you can for you can fix the problem. You can you can you can prevent the problem if you'll get on it money maintenance wise. You know, if you just go get a diesel force cleaning and start run them run the the, uh, the catalyst, you won't have the problem to begin with because you won't have the soot, hmm. and the soot is the problem. So you know, our our to answer your question, we're we're adamantly opposed. We will not own a de- deleted truck. Uh, we will not work with people who have deleted trucks because, again, it's it, it we a guy listen. The guy called us today wanting us to um, to work with him and dispatch and and manage a fleet of 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 you know, or newer trucks, you know, and as nice as he was, and as much as I like to work with him, it, 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 it makes us hypocrites because that's not trucks that we would buy, you know? Right. Uh, could we make money? Yeah. Chris could have dispatched those trucks and, and made money, but it's, it's not, we're, we're not about it. Listen, we, we could have 14 sponsors right now if we didn't care what they sold, but that's not oh, what we're yeah. about. God, you know, we're not going to sell out, you know? And we're not going to change our principles uh, to make a buck, you know. And um, that's just that's just how we are. So, I, sorry. Anyway, yeah. Uh, again, TikTok guys, you're going to have we we apologize for the audio issues. It'll get better next week, but I'm I'm working with new equipment and I'm I'm just limited. Um. Like I said last week, and I'll say again, and you know, there is no greater freedom that you can ever experience than self-employment. If you don't want to be the person that is told, um, you know, over the last couple of years that you have to do this and you have to do that, or or we'll take your ability to to earn a living away from you. Well, that never happened to me. I was absolutely immune, pardon the pun, uh, to to any of that coercion, but. If you do business wrong, it will destroy you. It will destroy your life. It will destroy your finances. It will destroy your relationships. And this industry teaches the wrong way because what they're teaching in this industry is what benefits them, not you. Here, sign, yeah, sure, sign up, lease this truck, pay all of our expenses, be our slave, Um. Pay all, pay all this. You 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 sub you you shoulder the entire burden of operating this truck, and we'll throw you a couple pennies and make it look like you're making money. When in reality, all you are is a is a slave uh, that is going to end up broken, destitute, and bankrupt. So don't look around this industry uh, and say, "Oh, well, that must be the way you do it." That's not the way you do it. Uh, the people that are the most successful. You've never heard of them. You don't. You don't know their brand. You don't know their collar of truck. You don't know um, anything about them. But the ones that are telling you this is the way you have to do it, always ask the question: Who benefits? It's not you. It's the leasing companies and the finance companies and the carriers. They're the ones benefiting, not you. And that's that's not freedom. That's not liberty. That's not self employment. It's slavery. And y'all keep signing up for it, and and then when it goes bad, you want I guess you want the government to come fix it for you somehow. I you know it amazes me how people 
right now, the FMCSA can both simultaneously be the root of their problems and the answer at the same time. How <laughs> in the, the hell savior, does that yeah, work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We hate them when they make rules against us, but we love them when we want them to make rules against other people that benefit mm-hmm. us. So, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it, this, the, the, somebody brought up this UPS, you know, making $170,000 a year. Well, sure, there's going to be some people making that money, and they're up to 40 some dollars an hour. Um, almost, fi- almost 50. But if you ever followed one of those guys around, uh, the average truck driver wouldn't do that one day. Mm-mm. Okay, now I'm not defending them. Right. But you don't see fat UPS guys. No. Okay? No. And you don't see UPS guys that, that their, their brown thing isn't really in, in covered in sweat. Um, listen, I used to have UPS guys come to me all the time because, I mean, I had, I had a business. And we got stuff every day. And those guys, listen, they, they eat lunch in, a, in their truck, you know. Uh, they, they don't, I mean, they work till 7 o'clock at night if, if need be. I mean, I'm not defending them because you know how I hate unions anyway. Right. But I'm just saying, if you think that you're going to go to UPS and make 170 grand and be a tr- an OTR truck driver, I got news for you. Hmm. Okay, Hmm-mm. you will you will not <laughs> you will not be happy with what you have to do. We had especially I- you guys that hate regimentation anyway, because you know you do have to wear a uniform there, and you have to be of you know have a certain appearance. Oh yeah, and you know there everything that truck drivers hate is what you'd have to do to be there. So I worked in an um, electrical. I wish sup- a couple of truck drivers would do that and document it. So. I worked in an electrical supply house 17 years ago. It was Kaylee was a baby. And, um, and the guy that, that came uh, to our place every day, and he was a young guy, you know, about my age. And it was then I realized, you know, he had to have the brown socks and he had to have the brown shorts and he had to have the brown sweater. And he, I mean, it'd be freezing cold. Well, he, he had to wear brown. He, he was, you, yeah. you will wear brown. It don't matter if you freeze your ass off or if you, or if you melt, you will wear brown, you know? Yep. And when a Christmas time, when he would come to deliver our stuff, he would have so many packages. They had him driving a damn rental box truck because the normal yeah. UPS truck, he, he was driving, wasn't yeah. old at all. You know, it was insane. And they pull trailers behind her truck sometimes, you know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, Spilly, uh, Spilly built. Uh, we, we, let me, let me clarify something here. I don't, I don't know what Pittsburgh power is doing, but we do not advocate using the catalyst as a fuel mileage improver. Uh, we haven't documented that. I, I can't, I can't tell you that we've experienced that. We advocate it for a maintenance cost lower because of the fact that we don't have soot. Uh, whether it gets better fuel mileage or not, in my opinion is, is is irrelevant the fact that it keeps soot from building up in the motor and you don't have a problem with all that causes is the only reason we use it now if it gets a fuel mileage improvement like you're talking about and it makes the makes it easier to justify the cost that's great but i just i want to go on the record here is that's not what we what we represent it to do we represent it to to uh uh, and, you know, and, and another thing is we use a company called DPF Alternatives. They clean our EGRs and stuff like that. If you use the catalyst, they warranty that for life. Life, I'll say that again. So it's not just us that think it works. They think it works well enough that they have that kind of warranty. So anyway, just want to clarify that. So Yeah. 
I'm putting a message on TikTok because everybody's like, audio. I'm like, yes, I know. We have audio issues. Sorry. <sighs> I'm not going to get into a union argument tonight, but if, if the union is, is, is helping these drivers get top pay, the drivers could get it without the union, but I'm not going to go there tonight. 100%. Unions are just unions are just another form of welfare, in, in my opinion. That's there you all go. You just said you weren't going to, and you just did. Well, uh, but all right, I'm I'm done. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> okay, <clears throat> let me see if I missed any TikTok comments. Um. Financed my first truck on my own, paid off in three years. Leasing is crazy. Yeah. It, it, I mean, listen, there was a time, I, I remember back in the 90s and early 2000s, where uh, it was just normal practice for owner operators buy a truck, run it three years, trade it in, have a bunch of equity, wrench leather, repeat. You know, the, the market was pretty stable. Fuel was a dollar a gallon. Nobody gave a shit. You know, I mean, you just, you turn a truck on and run for a week. You know, you did. Nobody cared. Nobody could care about fuel when I started driving. It was just this, you know, it was 20 cents a mile. You know, it, it cost a dollar. You got five miles of the gallon. Your fuel cost was 20 cents. It was a reasonable figure. And then the fuel shot up in the 2000s, mid to late 2000s, the three, four, five dollars a gallon. And everybody went, oh my gosh, now we, now we have to think about this. And the market responded. And we started coming up with things like the OPS and do we do gear set changes and, and uh, aerodynamics. And, and, and um, by the way, at the event, we are going to have the, t the uh, 2001 International that gets 10 miles per gallon in the parking lot. It's going to be in the house, and Steve Cron is going to be there to show it to you. You know, yep. so for all of you trolls that say you can't get, we, we got one, it's going to be at our event and it has a lifetime fuel mileage of over 10 miles per gallon. It's a 2001 international with a 1270 Detroit. Yeah. Um, well, I'm again, going back to Spilly Bill saying, I'm, I'm glad that happens. And I, I listen, if Dr. Jane said, that's what it gets. I'm, I'm not going to argue with her. I just, I, we have not, um, we have not documented that. Let's it's just, just it's so, there's so many other variables. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I can put catalyst in my truck. I, when I, I'm a fuel mileage driver, right? So it's correlation and causation deal, you know? And then another guy puts catalyst in his truck and runs wide ass open all the time. And his fuel mileage sucks. Was well, it the catalyst fault or is it his fault? Yeah. You know, do I get better fuel mileage because of me or do I get better fuel mileage because of he? It's so difficult to really test that in the real world um, of uh, – now, there were guys um, back when it first came out, um, I heard testi testimony um, from Kevin on, from the guys in Kevin's sphere uh, talking about improvements. But a friend of mine who is a super nerd, um, he tested it in his 12.7, and he was like, I, I didn't see any discernible difference you know, as far as how the truck ran or fuel mileage or anything. So he made a decision with this and he said, okay, I'm not going to run the catalyst. You know, now he's not going to go tell other people, not, but he made a decision based on the math. He put it in his truck. He tested it. He didn't see where the benefit was there for him. So he didn't do it. You know, 
We see the benefit not in fuel mileage. We see the benefit in not having damn orange lights all over the dash all freaking time and have the truck shut off for no reason. That's that's the only reason that we use it. Um, and that is documented and provable. And uh, to answer your question, Ryan, DPF alternatives have franchisees uh, all over the country. You'll just have to Google it. We There's actually one in, believe it or not, We I could not believe this, there's actually one in Hurricane West Virginia. Milton. He's going to be at the show, at the event, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to do a presentation. He's going to be there, but they're 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 all over the country. <clears throat> so, um, California tried putting a stop to leasing. That's what AB was all. No, AB five. Um, AB five really. Um, first, first you have to understand. Most politicians, and it don't color, it don't really matter what color their jacket is. Most politicians, most people that run for office, aren't very. You know, wait, hang on, say he's not talking about the collar on the jacket. He's talking about what color the jacket is. For all you guys that don't live in West Virginia, <laughs> such an asshole. Um, well, no, people won't. People don't understand. Okay. I'm. I'm Okay. I'm, well, I'm it doesn't matter there. what color their jacket <clears throat> there is. There you go. Okay. There you go. Most people that run for office aren't very intelligent. They're not very bright. They're very easily manipulated. Okay. So that nut nutcase out there in California, that lady that was behind AB5, basically what happened is she got manipulated by people that hate self-employment. They hate the idea of people being independent, especially independent from the state. And so they came up with this scheme that would basically destroy self-employment and make people um, basically subservient to both unions and corporations, uh, which in a lot of cases are one and the same. Um, Now, something like that really will never work because people would just go underground with it um, you know, before AB five, it was kind of above board. Anytime you put that kind of regulations, you're just going to take whatever you think you're trying to get rid of and just push it under the table. Um, so AB five is a scam, but, um, you don't need AB five. You don't need the government of California. You don't need the U S federal government to save you from predatory leasing. To quote Nancy Reagan, just say no. Just don't do it. Just just say, no, thank you. I'm not going to sign up for your scam. And the problem solves itself, right? My other big problem with a lot of these politicians is, of course, they think everybody else is as dumb as they are. Um, and, and so they set themselves up to be the savior. Oh, well, but, but look at these poor stupid people over here that are going to sign up for these leases. Well, let them. Let them, they'll eventually figure it out. But that's not, you, 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 you want a free market until you get a free market where people are free to make really stupid decisions. But that's why we're here talking about don't sign up for these truck leases. It's stupid. And if, if you had not been rendered basically incompetent by your, by your education in government schools, you could read that contract and see, oh my gosh, this is a load of crap. They're trying to turn me into a slave. But of course, not only will you not read the contract, 
you sure as hell never let a lawyer look at it because they're not going to let a lawyer look at it. And that should be your first sign. If, if somebody wants to lease you a truck and hand, and, and you say, Hey, well, can I take that contract and have my attorney look for it? And they say, Oh, absolutely not. That's all the, that's all you need. That's all you need. Just walk away. If y'all would stop signing up for this stupidity, they would stop offering it, but mm-hmm. they've got people lined up down the street. I'm going to be an owner operator. They said right here, I just stop, just stop. That's all you got to do. Well, and, and, and somebody just made a comment on TikTok that, uh, that if you back up 30,000 feet, it, you know, some people are so desperate though, to get into their own truck. Yep. And that, that's the problem here. This, this desperate, you know, you, you, people don't open up businesses who are desperate. Correct. But in trucking, they will. Mm-hmm. You can you can have a desperate truck driver, and he'll sign a lease purchase to get himself out of desperation. In any other business in the country, are you going to go out and open a business because you're desperate? You know that that's just I mean it. That, there's the problem right there, and I'm, I've I've harped about this for the last two or three weeks because I'm working on this thing and I'm working, but. If people didn't think that buying a truck was the way out, you know, they, that's not, that's not the solution to their problems. You know, the vast majority of people have no business owning a truck. Hmm. The vast majority of people have no business being in business. Now I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying they have no business doing it because they don't understand what it takes to be successful. And that desperation leads to desperate other things. And they make desperate decisions and end up being, um, you know, broke, uh, desperate, financially and, and emotionally and every other way bankrupt. You know, um, you know, the, the, the way to, to if you're a truck driver and you're not happy, you're not going to get happy buying a truck. OK, <laughs> and ain't going. that's not going to fix your problem. You know, find something else to get, you know, get a better job. Join a union, uh, get, get Jay to help you out there and y'all work together and join a union. See if that helps you out. Um, you know, I, buying a truck is not, is not the answer, you know? Well, um, I have, I have told, I've taught my kids from the, from the earliest age, what the difference between a legitimate authority and illegitimate authority is. Legitimate authority is when someone is responsible for you. In some way, okay? Larry Long has legitimate authority over me. Larry Long gets to tell me what to do. Even though he just flipped me off with a bird ball. Well, you deserved it. <laughs> um, okay. Now, the very minute, <clears throat> the very second that Larry Long ever abuses that authority that I give him, okay, I freely, voluntarily, starting in March of 2018, entered into a voluntary voluntary agreement in which he took some responsibility for me and I gave him authority over me. I signed a contract with Landstar in April of 2014 and 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 I said, "Okay, Landstar, I'm going to give you some authority over me and in exchange I'm going to get, you know, um and they took some responsibility." But the very minute that either one of us violates it, it's over. And that's the problem with these goofy people in Washington that literally think they have authority or this nutball with this bulldog in Charleston, you know, um, that think that they have the right to tell me what to do just because no, you don't have the right to tell me jack shit. 
You have no real authority. Your authority is this made-up nonsense in your mind uh, that because you have honorable beside your name, that somehow you, you, you have this magical authority. No, you don't. But when you sign up for deals like these truck leases, voluntarily, by the way, nobody there was no van that came up and kidnapped you and, and handcuffed you and put a bag over your head and took you in the leasing office and, 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 and forcibly signed your name on that contract. But you voluntarily entered into a bad contract. And YouTube and Facebook and TikTok and Instagram, they're all filled with these people that are absolutely shocked that when they voluntarily signed up for a bullshit deal, oh, well, how, I can't believe they did this to him. I can't. I can believe they did this to you because the contract said they were going to do this to you. <clears throat> That's literally laid out in the contract. These people have enough lawyers to know how to write these contracts, but yet y'all continue to sign up for them and, 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 and say it's somebody else's fault that you signed up for the contract. Just stop. Just stop doing it. If you would focus more on making yourself valuable, don't, don't, don't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what the guy down the road does. It doesn't matter what your neighbor does. It doesn't matter what the other driver does. You make yourself value in the marketplace. You get better knowledge. You get better skills. You get better education. You do something that makes you valuable to someone else, and all of a sudden, you are in control. You have control over your life and you're not giving your authority away to some charlatan or some nutcase uh, or, or, or some crook that has just lied to you, just boldface lied to you and, and, and gave you an outcome that they couldn't prove. So stop signing up for this stuff. Just stop doing it <clears throat> and release. That was a rant. You get in trouble for rants, but I don't. I do. Somehow. I get. I get. I get. Yeah. Uh, you, you have all the information. I just rant. <laughs> That's what I was remember being told. So, um, well, look, we got a union argument going. I, sh- I shouldn't have started. I apologize, but I want. I'm end up by saying this because somebody said that um, you're always working for somebody. Here, here's the difference between. Um, here's the difference between what I see as not just a union, but 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 you know, working for somebody else as an employee or being self-employed is that, yes, we all work for somebody. I voluntarily work for my customers. Okay. Right. But I can't come in tomorrow morning and somebody tell me they don't need me anymore. Okay. As an employee, you have no control over that. Um, look at the yellow guys. If y'all want to talk about unions and, and something local, um, they had, they, what did it get them? You know, they invested 30 years of their life. Uh, for for this entitlement that they're going to get called a pension, but yet they can't control that. And so now they don't have any way of getting it. Um, had right. they been in business for themselves in 30 years and they didn't have it, that's on them because you know, it, it's like Chris has said many, many, many times, if you're successful, it's because of you. If it's a failure, it's because of you. I just do not, I, I do not look for entitlements. I do not. Uh, I, I want to provide for myself. Uh, I'm capable of pleasing, uh, serving a customer I have for 50 some years. Um, I'm not afraid to put it out there and, and compete and, 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 and win business. 
I don't want somebody to give me a ceiling. I don't want the hours. I don't want the salary. I don't want, I don't want anybody to give me anything. Just give me the rules. Tell me what the playing field looks like and get the hell out of my way. Let me go do it. And I don't have to worry about somebody, a union protecting me. I don't need that because I'm very good at protecting myself. Okay. I'm very good at negotiating for myself. Uh, I will do better for me than a union will do for me because I will overachieve most of the other people that I'm around. Now, that might sound cocky or arrogant or whatever, but that's just what it is. And that's why I despise unions. I despise entitlement. I despise, well, you know, you know, I, 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 it, it makes it creates a bunch of people who need to be taken care of. It creates a bunch of sheep that somebody has to be the shepherd over. And I despise the shepherd even more than I despise the, the corral called the union. <clears throat> and that's it. I'm done. Well, I'm, I'm going to hit on a couple of things because I've been in this business since 1997. And the only shocking thing to me about Yellow's bankruptcy is it didn't happen 10 years ago. Okay. It has been a disaster. Whether it was the union's fault, whether it was the company's fault, don't matter. Okay. Union, Yellow Roadway, whatever you want to call it, has been a financial disaster for a very long time. Okay. Now, my dad is a pensioner, retired from Columbia Gas in 1997. Okay. He's 83 years old, and they depend on that check to come in every month. And it has continued to come in every month for more than 25 years. My mom's retired from the public school system. The, the philosophical problem that I have with it and why I won't participate in a deal like this, and it doesn't matter if you call it union or, or, or it's non-union, I am unwilling to put my fate in the hands of other people that can make the the kind of monumentally stupid decisions that 100% at Yellow have nothing to do with the union, okay? The monumentally stupid um, decisions made by people in corporate offices that can make that vanish. And when it vanishes, it's gone. By the way, my daddy was not union. My dad just worked at a company for 30 years. My dad hated the union. Um. My dad just, he just, he, he started with a company in 1960, whatever, you know, 66 or 67 and stayed there for 30 years, was a non-union guy and building supervisor, uh, who, who the building supervisor that had to deal with all the union people that wouldn't do jack shit and get out of their own way, wouldn't help a man. You know, if a man was in trouble and somebody walked by and tried to help that guy, they would file a grievance against him. Anyway, my point is, and, and somebody mentioned today about, well, the, they didn't get paid today. Well, listen, you can't, regardless of what, um, when, you're, when you're in the middle of something, especially like in this, in this economy or in, the, in, this, in, this, uh, in this media world where everybody wants to be first, but they don't care. it doesn't matter if they're accurate or not. I'm sure those people are going to get their money, right? They're, they've got this big pension fund. They're probably going to be fine. They're probably going to be okay, all right? But the audience that comes to us aren't looking for union jobs, number one. Um, 
they're looking for information on how to run a successful and sustainable business. Okay. The principle that I'm going to overlay that covers both is that I'm not going to put my fate in the hands of people that can do the kind of stupid things that I've seen unions do as much as I've seen corporate structures do and then put my long-term survivability into their hands and say, oh, well, it's the law. Oh, well, it's, it's the, there's that, that there's, it's not guaranteed. I, I, and, and that's my issue with it. So I'm more willing to put my hands or my life in the fate of the market, and then I can decide what my value is based on how I interact with my customer. To me, that's security. That is security that I'm putting my faith really in the hands of myself and my ability to perform, my ability to interact with the market. If you want to go join a union, my God, go get you some. Go get you some. Um, I'm still going to tell you that it's anywhere. Nothing is that secure, you know? I mean, hell, if I get a, if I get a brain tumor and I can't book loads anymore, guess what's going to happen? I'm not going to be working for Blue Ribbon because I don't produce any value. You know? Well, I, I can't do this podcast. I can't produce any value if I lost my ability to talk or got my head cut off or got hit by a truck. What we've got to do is stop believing in these fairy tales of this security that comes from the government or some association. If you want security, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Well, we got hot button items tonight. Now we're talking about how e-logs have uh, taken away all the flexibility and and uh, and and uh, what's the other thing? Oh, that's uh, Rocky being a shit stirrer. No, there's another. Oh, one. there's another one. There's okay. other ones down there. Um, everybody cheats the e-logs. They're back in the dogs. Dun, dun, dun. Well, listen, guys, e-logs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I had to. I had to go down this road. Um, y- y'all, y'all brought e-logs on yourself, okay? Y'all got yep. exactly what you had coming, okay? Um, and and it it's it's kind of like the delete thing. Y- y'all 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 cheat 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 cheat. Think you're never gonna get caught, mm-hmm. and eventually, uh, old boy uh, Uncle Sam goes. You know what? I've had enough of this shit, and so I'm gonna fix it for you. And then that, and then here come e-logs. Okay, you think that th- these delete things are going to? You think they're just ignoring that, Mm-mm. or you think they're just, you know, keeping their powder dry, and then you know they're going to fix that too. Um, look, e- e-logs are are are, are w- they're here to they're here. You're not. They're never going away. Okay. As a matter of fact, they can't go away because now. Uh, they're, they're, the offshoot of e-logs is going to be a very positive thing for drivers because it's eventually going to lead to some blockchain type activities where we know where the truck is, we know how much you got on there, and you know, we can do a lot of a lot, a lot of digital freight matching because of the fact that, that every truck has a GPS in it. Um, so we got to get the shippers on board, but you know that that will eventually come. Um, but that's that's just the government, you know, providing a solution to a problem, you know? And so these guys that are looking for the government to provide a parking solution, just look at e-logs when you, when you want to do that. <laughs> when you want broker transparency, you want the government to fix it, think about e-logs when you, when you do that. 
because that's what you're going to get, all this unintended consequence. Now, I told this story. I'm going to tell it again. I bought my truck in June of 2009, long before there was even an uh, e-log mandate. Um, the company I was driving for was, was putting them in the company trucks sporadically, you know, a little bit at a time. I could see the handwriting on the wall. And I said, you know what? Why do I want to learn how to be, be an owner operator and get in business knowing that this rule is going to change, you know, sooner than later? So why don't I just go ahead and learn the way I'm going to have to learn anyway? So I volunteered the first owner operator, Transport America, to ever have an e log in this truck in June of 2009 was me. And I went on, as y'all know the story, I went on later that year to get this FedEx deal. I had run a FedEx load almost 4,000 miles a week for four and a half years. Okay, with an e-log. Never had a, a, a violation. Never had a problem. Made a million, made, made a million dollars running an e-log. Okay, um, with no problem. I didn't, I didn't drive fast. I got 9.2 miles per gallon. Okay, so I wasn't running 80 miles an hour down the road. I wasn't doing dangerous things. I'm a million mile safe driver. Okay. I wasn't doing stupid. It didn't make me do stupid things at all. So I don't agree with the concept that are the, are the, are the pretense that e-logs are making everybody unsafe. People are unsafe because they're unsafe. They're mm -hmm. blaming on the e-logs. Yep. If you're running through a truck stop at 40 miles an hour, you're a moron. It's got nothing to do <laughs> right. with the e-log. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and if you can't manage your hours of service, that's not the e-log. That's you being a shitty trip planner, okay? Right. And not being accountable to yourself or anybody else. Uh, I'm sorry we had to pick this scab, but, but you blame an e-log on all this stuff. That's a cop-out. And truck drivers are really, really good at cop-outs, okay? They're the best I've ever met, as a matter of fact, okay? Of not wanting to shoulder their own responsibility. But I don't, I don't buy this e-log thing. I mean, causing... I, Listen, you, you guys have e logs have nothing to do with you guys running up against each other all the time. When you see a truck wreck, there's never one, there's three or four of you. You know, <laughs> y'all can't even stay off each other. Okay. So, I mean, I, I watch you, I watch you how you drive it. That's got nothing to do with an e log. Okay. Mm -hmm. I say, you, I'm, listen, I'm one of you. I drove for 10 or 11 years. Okay. I didn't do that shit. Okay. And you don't have to do it either. You choose to do it. If you drive 80 miles an hour because you think you're going to get another load that week, you're a moron. All right? Now, I'm done. So, well, I see this comment. Everybody still cheats the e-logs. They back into docks and do other work while logged off duty. Truckers should comply 100% with HOS, and we'd, and we'd have paper logs back in a week. Well, here's the problem with that. That already happened. That happened in, in 2017. <clears throat> the, the entire run-up to... The, the the massive rates that we saw in 2018 was because of exactly what you're saying. Right. Exactly. When when the actual final, hey, every truck has to have an ELD happened in December of 2017, the market went haywire because people were saying, all of a sudden, I can't do for you 800 miles overnight like I used to. Now I have this e-log problem, and it created, again, Supply and demand, the only two things that has any effect on rates. All of a sudden, it took more trucks to do the same amount of work, and it happened. Did they rescind the e-log? No, they're never going to rescind the e-log. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Reagan or somebody said the, only, the, the closest thing to eternal life that we will ever see on Earth is a government program. 
Okay, they're never once you give them that power, they're never going to take it away. Now, of course, they always get it under false pretenses. Oh well, we're going to do this for safety. Well, what's the outcome? Are the roads safer because of ELDs? No, the actual documented uh, statistical evidence is no. The ELDs did not make the roads safer. They made the roads more dangerous, which is what happens when the government gets involved. You never get better, faster, and cheaper when the government gets involved. You get slower, worse, and more expensive. So you had this problem that was created by the ELD, and then at the same time you had Trump screaming about tariffs, and the whole time leading up to 2019 was this in, uh, because your next comment says the government is keeps rates artificially low. No, no. We had unprecedented rates, 17, 18, 19 cooled off. And then what happened? Where the, where the single largest terrorist attack in human history in 2020, what happened to rates? They shot right through the roof. Why? Because of artificial interference in a market. So, but again, just, and I had a similar story to Larry. When I went to Anderson Trucking Service in 2011, they'd put everybody on ELDs. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to run an ELD. Instead of whining about it, I just said, okay, well, how do I make this work? And guess what? It made me a better trip planner. It made me the trip planning ninja that I am today. It made me the guy that teaches people how to trip plan properly because I learned how to do it because the vlog, I couldn't be lazy anymore. I couldn't be, I I couldn't run freight down the road and not be thoughtful. I had to think before I acted because that ELD is now unforgiving. If you screw up, you know, and you move while you're on your break, your break's done. You get to start it all over again. So I had to think before I acted. Well, that ended up making me a better business person. And the entire, the, the, the entire lesson that we're trying to teach here is stop making excuses for your own bad behavior. If you can't figure out how to problem solve, you'll never survive in business. Problem identification is easy. Lots of people are really good at that. Oh, my gosh, look at that problem. Okay, what you going to do about it? Well, I don't know. What are you going to do about it? It's always their next thing. You know, and, and so because they, they, they possess no skill to problem solve, no skill to logically think through, okay, well, I've got five choices here in front of me. Which one do I pick? They freeze up. And they can't say, okay, well, I've got five to choose from. And this one sucks, and this one sucks, and this one sucks, and that one's pretty good, but that one works. That's that's how you survive in business. Not go. When's Congress going to do something about it? When's Lance? My favorite here is when's Landstar going to do something about it? Landstar's not going to do anything about it. So either shut up, or figure out how to solve the problem. By the way, now I'm a I'm a lesser. Uh, million mile driver because I drove terminal to terminal to FedEx. And that's easy. Anybody can do that. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get, I'll tell you what, I'll give the money back then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't deserve it. I'll give the money back. I didn't earn it. 
<clears throat> Jay, you want to know why I talk why I talk about how dumb everybody is? <clears throat> is because every time I got myself in a position, it's because I did something dumb. The reason that I almost lost my home is because I was dumb. The reason that my vehicles were almost repossessed is because I was dumb. The reason that I sold my truck for $5,000 instead of being able to fix it is because I was dumb. I made dumb decisions, and dumb decisions brought pain and heartache into my life. So I'm not going to stop talking about dumb decisions because I've lived dumb decisions, and I look around me all the time, and I see people making dumb decisions. I'm like, hey, man, I've been down that road. I made dumb decisions. Please don't make dumb decisions. How dare you talk about me being dumb? Because you're dumb. Stop making stupid decisions. Stop and think. That's the point here. I am living proof of what happens when you do this wrong. I have lived it. My children have lived it. My wife has lived it. My parents lived it. Everybody in my in my in my atmosphere lived the nightmare that I went through and it was 100% my fault. That's why I talk about how dumb people are. Of course, they're not hard to identify these days. There's plenty of them. Do you suppose government forcing broker transparency will fix it? No. If the question begins with should the government, the answer is no. Yeah, Um, exactly. Should the government? No. Should the government? No. Hmm. The answer is always no. Now, is if the question is, is there a fix for transparency? Yes. Okay. I mean, I, I, I posted a bit this on Facebook the other day. I want y'all to think about something for a minute. Where's my phone? Okay, here's my phone. The technology, cellular telephone technology existed long before it was commercially viable. I've read that it existed as far back as the 1950s. Okay, but it, it had not matured enough to be practical for everyday use. Okay, now think about who has a landline anymore. Do you still have a landline? I do. Well, it's VOIP. Okay. So mm-hmm. basically, landlines don't even really exist anymore as they as they were before the internet. Right. You're, you're, I'm you're, not wired to a right. telephone. Your, your phone line runs on the internet now. Okay. Correct. But for most people, even children these days, Cannot imagine going through life, walking out the front door without a cellular telephone in their pocket, okay? But that technology probably existed. Let's see, I got my first one in 90-something. When did you get yours? Late 80s? First cell phone? Yeah. 80, 89? Okay. 88, so, yeah, yeah. mid to late 80s, all right? Yeah, so. Yeah. It, it It's potential, for the sake of this argument, that the technology existed 30 years before it was really available, okay? There exists a technology today called blockchain, all right? It's not, it's not yet where it needs to be, but it exists. It's not something that we have to develop. It's not something we have to come up with, okay? It's here. And it's going to fix our transparency problem. It's going to fix our double brokering problem. But what y'all truck drivers better understand, okay, is that you think the brokers are the problem. 
And you think that transparency is going to fix the problem because the problem circles around brokers, okay? It's also going to fix y'all because the word immutable, which means cannot be changed, can't be erased. If you if you're indelible, like if you write in indelible ink, okay, you, you can't you can't erase it, you can't change it, okay. So if you're a truck operator, if you're a carrier, if you're a broker, if you're a shipper, if you're a receiver, when we get to the blockchain world and you're a scumbag and your service sucks, you'll never escape it. Likewise, if your service is excellent and you're honest and you're all these and you're all the good things, you're going to have a trail of information that follows you and everybody's going to know how good you are. And it's immutable, cannot immutable. be manipulated. Can't be manipulated, can't be changed, can't be hacked. So if you're wait, good... Wait a minute. So, Chris, people are going to get paid what they're worth. Yep. Oh, my God. And if you suck, I have really, really unfortunate news for you. Because if you're a crook or a charlatan, like look at these chameleon carriers. What do they do? They, they, do, they do poor business, they double broker, they do all this stuff, and then they just change the right. number. And change the name and just keep on going, right? The time is coming very soon. I expect to see it probably in the next five years that if a shipment is tendered, and which what is a shipment? Somebody needs to move something. They're going to be able to move that piece of, of, of freight and they're going to be able to do it where the ultimate transparency is there. So I would just I would just suggest that everybody begin to 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 take your eyes off of the distraction that the government's gonna fix your problem or fix any problem and not make any problem worse. Start studying blockchain. It's gonna be very important for you. Understand how cryptocurrency works because that's where we're headed. So if y'all want transparency, it's coming, okay? But just understand that transparency goes two ways. And there's a lot of a lot of truck operators and carriers and, and different people that aren't just the evil brokers. Um, they're gonna get found out, you know. So don't find out. You know, um, if you'll just focus on you, make you better. You can be better. You can be more valuable. You can take control. You can have the authority. Or you can cede your authority to somebody else and 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 fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. What are y'all y'all are talking about birds and satellites and what are y'all <laughs> up to in this comment section? There was a question <clears throat> earlier. I'm trying to find it because I mean it was a good question. I wanted to answer it for somebody. I'm looking for it. Somebody asked me, when do you know oh, yeah, their company driver? When do you know when it's time to become an owner operator? Was that, was that kind of the question? I'm, I'm, yeah, here I'm it is. Found. Never enough for Larry. I've been in a company driver for five years, no bills, live in the truck, 3,300 miles a week at 67. So he's grossing 2,200 a week. How did you know it was the right time to become an owner operator? Well, for me, it's because you have to remember, I've been in business for myself since 1977, okay? Uh, I am a horrible employee. Um, I was, um, 
I was a pain in their ass because I wanted to, I wanted to own my own truck. As, as soon as I realized I, there was an opportunity in this industry and I was going to stay and do it, I wanted to, I wanted to own my truck because I just, I can't work for somebody else. I'm, I'm just not that type. I, I have to do it my way. I have to I find the fault in everybody. I have to find a way that I'm going to do it better. And I mean, that's what this whole, the whole thing's about. And that's why we're called lunatics. I've found it a better way. Um, now, it wasn't all my idea. I gathered ideas from other people and collectively put them together. And we're still doing that. But for me, it was, it, it had to happen. I'm just, I cannot, and I made myself a promise when I had, when we had our son. Uh, I stood over him in his baby bed and told him that he would never, ever have to worry about daddy getting sent home and not having a job. So I made a, I made a, uh, an oath to my son that I would not ever be in that situation. Uh, I was not going to be in the situation that yellow truck drivers are in right now. I was never going to relinquish control of me and my family to somebody else ever. And so it just was a matter of timing at that point in time. And the question wasn't when or if it was just when, um, for me, the sooner the better, because again, I, 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 I hated everything about being a truck driver. I hated being dependent on a, on a dispatcher. I went through three in about six months because I fired them. Okay. Um, I hated, I hated being told what to do. I hate not having any ability to, to make changes. Everything about it, I hated. And the only way I was going to fix it, it wasn't out of desperation. It was out of the understanding to know that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the way I'm going to do it because I know I can do it better. And so I finally convinced them because they said, no, you can't have your own truck until you've been here a year. And I said, well, that ain't going to happen if I won't be here a year. <laughs> so eventually after eight months, they agreed to let me do it. And I wrote the check. So it, my situation is probably different. I'm telling you that, number one, you got to be financially ready. Uh, if you listen to us, we don't, we don't go into debt to, to, to buy trucks and go in business. Uh, so financially ready would mean having cash to go buy a truck, having a little bit of reserve, in case it goes down with on you in the first few weeks, you got it. Um, having your wife on board, uh, that's mm -hmm. critical. You know, my wife was, was the uh, non-union teacher for 32 years. Um, but, you know, again, she had, that, she had that continuity that allowed me to be a little more cavalier. Um, we, I knew I had that. And, uh, you know, I, I had been successful in other businesses. I'm, I was, I, you know, I was pretty well set. set. And so it, it just was the, that was the, the, you know, the timing for me, uh, for you, again, financially ready, uh, emotionally ready, and as far as maturity ready uh, to do these things, uh, having the support of your family, um, not the advice of your family. That's two different things, the support of your family. <laughs> Yeah. And then, um, and then finding, uh, finding your partner, you know, who, who are you going to partner with? You know, who, who are you going to do this? You're going to lease to a carrier. You're going to do your own authority, which I highly dissuade you from doing that. But who are, who are you going to work with when you go do this? So those are things that you would have to answer uh, to, to tell if it's right for you or not. Um, and then, you know, are, are, are you, are you, it's risky. We, we do everything to minimize the risk. Are you risk averse? Are you too risk averse to do this? You know, uh, if it goes bad, how bad is it going to get for you? You know, so that's the things I would advise you to do. Chris, you got anything to add to that? I mean, based on what little information that we got um, from the from the comment, I mean, if you're you're twenty two hundred a week, you're living out of the truck for five years. 
well, sounds like you ought to have a hundred thousand dollars, you know, um, I would still suggest that you probably come and get in the program, you know, come over here for 18 months and let us, let us show you all of the things, the other 85%, right? 15% of being an owner operator is driving the truck, right? I forgot to put myself on the screen. 15% of the of, of being an owner-operator is driving the trucks. The other 85%, you know, that the, the, the bookkeeping and the accounting and the maintenance and all of the other things that go with it and the and the, the, the load planning, and, and you have to learn how to be all the people you hate. That's the hard part. Yeah, yeah. It is all the people that cause the problems. Well, now you're kind of causing your own problems. Right, because your your dispatcher, your maintenance coordinator, your load plant, your your everything, right, and you have to learn how to do that, um, in order to to really survive, and that's why we came up with this eighteen month program, um, and 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 so I would I would, you know, if you're still on here, I think it was a Facebook comment. I think if you're still on here, you should come to our event next weekend. Uh, we've got a couple of spots left. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be two days of networking, seeing other people that are doing it, that have been doing it. Um, uh, and, and we're going to talk about this stuff in depth, in detail, um, in a way that uh, that that you can. Um, we're we're going to try to. You've heard the saying, "You don't know what you don't know." Right. Uh, that's a big, big deal. We're going to try to show you what you don't know. So you know what, you know, you know what you don't know. And, th- and now you can prepare yourself. People that fail in this business, in this, in this industry, it's because they're not prepared. You know, um, you, you take other industries, you know, you just don't go out and, and lease a McDonald's. You know, you got to have the money. You got to have the banks not going to lend you the money if you don't have experience. I mean, all preparation is done prior to doing it. In this business, it's not. You go release a truck, and then you get the experience if you're in it long enough, and you don't make them as, as, enough mistakes to put you out of business. We're just trying to get the cart back behind the horse. Okay, let's show you what you don't know. Let's show you what this job's all about. Because most people think the, uh, owning a truck is like driving a truck, and it's nothing like driving a truck. You got to drive the truck, but you got to do everything else at the same time. And we have the uh, a, a way of, of of letting you practice doing that without the financial risk, you know, and that's what this program is all about. That's why we do it. Um, Chris, you did an excellent job of doing a shameless plug there. I didn't even think about that, but, uh, yeah, if, if you're thinking about doing this and you want to know if the time is right, come drive for us and then you'll, we'll, you'll know. And we'll, and, and if you're here, we probably can accelerate that timing being right for you because we can find out what your weaknesses are and work on it with you. And uh, somebody asked, somebody else asked about the event. Let's talk about the event. Tell us why we need to come. I want to come so bad. I'll be in South Dakota on Monday. Leave Georgia tomorrow. Well, um, the, the reason to come to the event is is what we just said. I mean, it's to learn the business of trucking. Okay, if you think if you're already an owner operator and you're struggling, okay, the whole premise of this reset your mindset this year was because everybody's arguing or, or not arguing, but complaining about not being able to make money in this market. Well, that's just a business, a bunch of business decisions. Okay. Um, if you're not in the business yet, we can keep you from making the mistakes that most people do 
If you're already a truck owner, we can try to help you remedy some of those mistakes. We can work on lowering your costs and showing you how to do that. We can work on improving your revenue and showing you how to do that. We can, you know, all this stuff, the data, you know, everything that we do is data-based. Uh, how to gather that data, what to do with it, you know, um, uh, you know, what the, we, there's a person watching right now that, that they contacted me because he's got a problem. He's got a claim, an insurance claim he has to substantiate and his record keeping was so poor he can't substantiate it. So now he can't go claim his lost revenue while the truck was down the shop because he can't prove the lost revenue. Well, that's, that's simple business 101. I mean, I'm not beating him in the head here, right. but I mean that. You shouldn't be in business if you don't know that keeping records and keeping data are a requirement because that's why, you know, uh, number one reason the IRS requires it. And number two, it lets you know whether you're making any money or not. It lets you know where your weaknesses are. And, you know, if, if we didn't keep data, we wouldn't have any idea what to work on. You know, uh, when we see things that don't look right, then we address them. You know, I've told the story a long time ago about our tolls, you know, a couple of years ago and, of course, we monitor fuel mileage every day, you know. Um, and so, but that's that, you know, part of being in business is 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 analyzing the your your business. You know, that's where the numbers come in, that's where the reports come in, that's where the accounting comes in. So that's what we're gonna do for two full days. And we're gonna talk about, you know, uh, some some fuel mileage things, some you know how to save money there. I mean everything, everything we do, we're going to talk about, and it's going to be open for questions, you know, and not just us, but there's going to be other people. Our guys are going to be there. Some of our, you know, there's other people there that are going to be able to share with you and network with you. Now, I went to Kevin used to do this had have one of these things that called it lasted a week, and I went to about nine in a row. I still have the manuals. Wrapped in, I'm going to bring one to Chris to the thing. The wrapped in cellophane because the manual didn't change in nine years. The information that was handed out didn't change in nine years. I got one every year. I didn't even open it up because I knew it wouldn't change. But every year I went, I learned so much more. And then the book didn't even, I didn't open the book anymore because I saw it from the, the first year and the second year and third year and fourth year. That didn't dissuade me from going because I knew that what I was going to learn was not just from Kevin, but from all the other people there that were of the same mindset that I w was and wanted to be. And so we, we, we learned from each other. We formed, we formed um, friendships that last today. Some of the people coming to the event as our guests are friendships I made years ago in Kevin's things. Steve Crone, for a matter of, as a matter of fact. So, you know, and, and then our, you know, my phone book, you know, I, to be able to go through my phone and, and call, uh, you know, Bruce Mountain, he answers the phone. That's all because of networking I did years ago. Um, finding these places that, that, that do this and do that. And, you know, all this is just part of building your little network, your support group. And these are places where it goes. This is why we don't do it. Um, um, whatever you call it, Chris, uh, online or, or uh, virtually, is because that doesn't that won't work that way. We don't tape it. We don't sell the tapes. We it you have to attend. You know that's the only way we do it. And so it's uh, and then we have a good time while we're doing it. So that's the reason to come. Okay, 
Uh, you, you listen, no matter how, whatever you're, if you've been in business for 15 years, if, if you're coachable, come, we'll help you. If you're not, we've got guys coming that haven't even got into business yet because they want that they, they want to be ready when they do and everything in between. So that's the reason to come. So I hope that answers your question. <clears throat> yeah, it's, <clears throat> I put the link, uh, in the comments so that, uh, so that he could see it, uh, asking about the information. Uh, but it's it's next weekend, uh, August nineteenth and twentieth. Hurricane West Virginia, right on sixty four. We'll have truck. We'll parking. be doing this podcast from there on Friday night. Now we're going to be an hour early next week because we don't want to be running until like we are right now. We got other things to do, so we're going to start the podcast at seven next week and probably go to about eight thirty. Uh, but we're going to. It'll be in the lobby of the hotel. Uh, probably we'll have a lot of people that will be interviewing. Um, and so it should be very interesting, um, uh, a very interesting uh, podcast. So yeah, you don't have to listen to just me and Chris for a change. So we'll try to get as many different people. You know, we'll try to get some of our truck owners on. We'll try to get some of our, uh, our program people on maybe, uh, maybe some of our graduates, if we have some there, you know, so you guys can hear from different people, you know, oh, we're one, we are 100% going to have Richie on here. Ain't no doubt about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, anyway, we'd love to have you. We're, we're pretty, we, we are technically sold out, but I'm not going to deny somebody. If we, we may have to squeeze a chair in here and now I'm have to make some of my guys get up and sit in the balcony or something, but we'll make room for you. If you want to come, we are sold out. I mean, we, the room is, we're already, we've already expanded the room as, as, as much as we can, but I'm not going to make, I'm not going to turn you away. So if you want to come. Do it this weekend. I need to have a head count. You're not going to eat if you do it after Monday because uh, I don't have, I can't get food for you after Monday. So, um, you know, you'll have to bring a bologna sandwich if you wait, if you wait till after Monday to do it. There's a good but pizza place this weekend. And, uh, and that way we can plan for you and feed you. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know. Anybody else got anything to add about that? Uh, you guys that are on here that are coming or been here before. Rocky um, wants to know who's translating for Richie. <laughs> well, we, we, he's, he, I don't, maybe we're just used to hearing him more, but I don't have as much trouble as I used to. Yeah. Uh, I think he's kind of, I think he's been out of that, uh, well, he's going to have his fiance down there. He's going to have his fiance with him too. So he's probably going to yeah, be, he'll, on be best he'll be on best behavior. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we got to get her on. That's what we should have done. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Nine forty-two. My 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 oldest human resource got a job, and um, she had to be at said job at ten minutes till seven this morning. So uh, I'm running on fumes right now, and I'm ready to go to bed. So um, if anybody else has got anything else, uh, speak now or forever. Hold your peace, because uh, I'm about ready to shut this thing down and go to bed. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I got plenty to work on. I'm, I'm burning the midnight oil to get him ready for next weekend. So I'm leaving Thursday morning, Chris, early, 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 because we got training all day Thursday. So I'm, you know, I've, I've got, yeah, I'm gonna, I got a little pressure. So anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Um, those of you that are coming now, all of you guys that are coming, I sent you a survey or questionnaire this week. Get those back to me because that lets me know some topics that I needed to cover. Plus, it lets me know who's coming. So I can oh, direct hey. the thing to, you know, who, what, what, you know, whether you're a company driver, Landstar, whatever, just get, you know, get those back to me as soon as you can. That way I can 
you know, personalize this thing as, as best I can to all the guys coming. So, and gals, if so. you're coming to the event and you want Rocky to look at your truck, please go to blue ribbon logistics.com slash Rocky and fill out the form. We need to send that out to all the attendees, but if you're coming and you want Rocky to look at your truck, blue ribbon logistics.com forward slash Rocky. There's a form there for you to fill out and that will just give us kind of a head count. Need to know a little information about your truck. Um, so please do that. Uh, so that we, you know, that we know <clears throat> what he's got to get into. Uh, uh Rocky, the, the Waffle House is over in Barbersville, 10 minutes or so away. And it's, it, I was there late night with, with one of our new drivers. And it was excellent, by the way. So, uh, When's the Waffle House not excellent? I mean. Uh, listen, I've got, I've got, I've got, that happens, okay? <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Um, and Spilly Built, yes, yeah, reach out to, you know, you already have. But, yes, we are interested in that. Um it's not top burner right now. We, we got our hands full. Okay. We're, yeah. we got, you know, we're, we're full and, uh, and we got four or five trucks waiting to get on. So it's, you know, we got our hands full right now. So, but, um, anything else? We good. I think we're so good. Everybody, uh, everybody have a safe week. We hope, listen, if, if you, if I, I promise you that you will get your money's worth next weekend. Okay. By noon on the first day. Yeah. So, Come spend the time with us. Uh, I think you'll look back on it. And if you do end up getting in the business or already in the business, I think you'll look at it as a career changing weekend. Um, and uh, not because of me or because of Chris, because of the information and the knowledge that we have garnered and we've put together for you, you know, uh, and it's all practical. It's all been proven, you know, by over and over again, by, by, you know, by us, you know, actually utilize. We're not going to teach you anything we don't do. So, uh, it's, uh, very well, you know, it's not, it's not theory. Um, we do it, we do it every day. So, yeah. and, uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next weekend. And if you're not there and you're here on the podcast, we'll talk to you then seven o'clock Eastern Friday night. Okay. So, all right. We'll see y'all next week. Take care.